0: Dogs tend to be split into those categories where one is like they're chasing the thing because it's fun and they want to get closer to it, or they're chasing the thing to make that thing go away.
1: Hello, you cat and dog people. This is It's Training Cats and Dogs, the show for people with both cats and dogs who want peace in their home and peace between their animals. I'm Naomi Rotenberg, your source of practical strategies for keeping everyone in your multi-species household safe and sane. And today's episode is a dog and cat chat with Melissa, whose cat, Bart, is a little too brave. He surprised the dog, Jem, and there was a chase that ended with the cat in the dog's mouth. No animals got hurt, but Melissa's husband did. So now that the dust has settled, Melissa and I talked about how we could prevent something like that happening again, as well as why the common advice of confine the dog and let the cat roam around probably isn't the best choice in Gem and Bart's case, and what setups they could start working on to try to make some progress towards coexistence. All right, let's get into it. Here's my conversation with Melissa. Melissa, thank you so
0: much for taking your time, and I'm excited to chat about your animals. So, tell me a little bit about your pets, your current situation, and we'll dive in.
2: Great. Sounds great. So, in our household, we've often had multi-species and thought it was easy, until it (laughs) wasn't. (laughs) So, about eight months ago, we adopted Jem, a dog. He's a mutt, and he... He was about two and a half years old when um, we adopted him, and then already in the house we had Bart the cat. And honestly, they're probably about the same age, <laughs> maybe just a few months separated. So you know, we were following the directions given. Uh, you know, taking taking it slow, keeping them separate in the beginning, and probably I would I would guess about a month into having Jem, the the door to the basement where Bart was spending his time when the dog was out, was not latched all the way. So he is a curious guy and uh, opened the door, came upstairs and the dog chased after him, ended up picking the cat up in his mouth. Thankfully, we were able to get the cat out. No blood was shed for the animals. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> my, my husband did get bit in the process of removing cat from the mouth of dog. And... I would say, basically, since then, their relationship just has been tense. Jem <laughs> is just I seems to be like pretty anxious anytime he sees or hears the cat. I would say recently, Bart has been a little bit more bold. He's willing to test kind of the boundary a little bit. so actually, <laughs> this morning he he will kind of now willingly go downstairs when I get up to let the dog out in the morning, but then he came back upstairs. While the dog was eating breakfast, which was new. And since he was, since Jem was occupied, he didn't even notice the cat was near. And so once once he was done and once he realized the cat was out, he did. Of want to chase after him again, but had a barricade up, so he went outside for a minute. The cat went downstairs, and that's kind of how we've been managing and living. Primarily separated, trying to, especially with the cat, let him choose when he wants to test the waters. But you know, safety obviously is the primary concern. So we've got baby gates up, also using sort of multi step, so like if we're gone. Gates are up and doors are closed. So that's what's going on in our household right now. Got
0: it. So there's a lot to unpack here, which is fun for me. Probably not as fun for you, but, <laughs> but here's where my mind immediately goes. So the incident, let's call it the incident okay. of a few months ago, where your husband got bit in some kind of redirectory aspect so walk me through what happened there was there screaming from the humans yes okay (sighs) (laughs) Uh, Who did the biting? The dog. Okay.
2: And he did, my husband did also get scratched by the cat.
0: Great. So a double whammy. Excellent. Yes. yes. Okay. And did any psychological damages occur between your husband and the animals? Yes. I mean, temporarily,
2: I think. And for, I would say about a week, he was really upset with the dog. I think we really have worked through that piece of it. Good, And my husband, (laughs) my (laughs) wife.
0: Here Great. Moment. Would love to chat if he decides to come. The reason I start with the the human motions is that they're often overlooked, and they can <laughs> really factor in in terms of like, not only buy into working on these things, but also just like understanding the dynamic between everybody and when there's been bites and you know blood it's no fun. So I'm glad you guys have worked through it and you figured out a management plan that seems to be working mostly. Now is Jem the kind of dog, is he reactive outside? to things that are freaky to him yes he can't be okay it's like i've done this before so okay <laughs> so from the very little information that you have given me i would say that he is the type of dog to move forward in order to get the thing that is scary to move back does that sound right sounds right Okay, and the reason this is important is because dogs tend to be split into those categories where one is like they're chasing the thing because it's fun and they want to get closer to it, or they're chasing the thing to make that thing go away. And importantly, (laughs) you're going to address those things differently. So if he's freaked out by the cat, then your approach, your current approach of letting the cat be the one to decide when to show up is probably not serving you okay because the cat's not freaked out as much right Right. the dog (laughs) is, and so you can put the dog at a disadvantage and make him and basically surprise him and he won't be able to react in a way that is he's not going to be able to really think about what he's doing or like get um An understanding of how he's supposed to react in those situations because he's you know working from a freaked out space. Mm -hmm. So how does that land with you? Just in terms of like switching the frame of reference for what we're talking about?
2: Well, it helps to make sense why you know what we're doing. We're not really seeing any progress. I mean, I would say he's maybe like a hair more comfortable. Like it takes him a few more seconds to to say, "Oh, cat." Oh, chase. You know, so yeah, that does help to make sense why what we're doing really is not working.
0: So you're glossing over a mini milestone there to give yourself some credit, where like that two to three seconds of thinking is where you have now given yourself a little bit of time to like insert yourself and help them learn to choose other behaviors (laughs) in those situations. Mm -hmm. So, first of all, pat yourself on the back for that. You have gotten to that point where it's not this immediate rush act, which makes you kind of have to be always reacting rather than being proactive. So you have made some progress. The important thing, I think, is to then go back to our management first and say, okay, if we don't want the cat to just suddenly be able to show up, how does that affect our physical management around the house so that he can't do that unless we are ready (laughs) to Mm. help Jem behave appropriately and also potentially help Bart maneuver himself appropriately and not get too close if Jem's not comfortable with that. So you mentioned gates and door so Jem can't chase and I like that there are two layers is there a way to make sure that Bart does not venture where he's not wanted yes
2: how we've been situating them is for the most part jem is upstairs in our upstairs living space and bart is in the basement so he's not you know just locked in a room all day he does have some freedom of of movement but as long as the basement door gets pulled all the way shut he cannot open it so that was something we had to learn that there was you know a, a way it could be not quite fully latched
0: got it So when this happens, because doors are funny things, (laughs) doors are funny things. So one extra thing that I usually recommend when there is a potential for human error on a door is to add basically an extra latch from like the baby supply, like the baby proofing supply area. Literally just like you close the door and you just throw a latch. Just in cases, right? (laughs) And that becomes a habit really quickly for the humans to also just be thinking about okay, no one can be supervising them right now. And therefore, I need to latch this, at least for now, right? Like, this is not forever that they're absolutely apart. But for right now, when we cannot or don't have the energy to actively supervise, that's important, right? Just because you're home doesn't mean you're like, let's do a, a setup then we need to either, art needs to be behind some kind of kitty proof barrier. And that might look like it's not always the basement, right? So if you're home and you want to hang out with the cat, like you can bring him into your bedroom or whatever, right? Whatever works for you in your routine in order to be able to spend quality time with him. So that would be my first action item: would be to just chat with the hubs about any adjustments that need to be made to Make sure that our bold friend, Mr. Bart, (laughs) is contained Mm. when we can't be supervisors. That's number one. Number two is then adjusting your setups because they're not going to now be sudden. (laughs) You're going to say, all right, it's time for us to work on integrating them together in a carefully orchestrated kind of way. That is very much going to help Jem. (laughs) especially now Bart can and should learn some skills to be able to move around the space in a calm way so that he doesn't book it and then make it really hard for Jem to not chase him so wherever you choose to do these setups should ideally be in a space where Bart can move around comfortably potentially jump up on stuff. Is he a cat that jumps up on stuff? Yes. Okay, great. Then we don't have to teach it as much. Although I would, just for enrichment's sake, play around with him moving from space to space in that area when Jem is not around. And then you'll have a barrier between them, but it doesn't need to be as (laughs) um, intense because... The goal is really to have each of them occupied with something, whether it's you actively reinforcing one of them for behaviors that you like, or they're just eating their meal together, hanging out. And in that way, Jem is going to have much more feeling of control over what's happening, and then he can be in his brain a little bit more so that you can say, oh, look, bud, Like you don't have to just move towards that cat every time you see him. We actually want you to move away from that cat. That's the goal there. And we also want Bart, who's a forward type of dude, even though yeah. he's probably for a different reason, to also learn to move away from the dog and not poke the beast. Yeah. <laughs> so how can you think of where you might do that kind of setup in um, your home. Probably
2: where it would work best um, is our our main living space. Um, that's where we do have a cat tree. It's about eight feet tall. So he has, you know, mm-hmm. levels to play with too. But then there would also be just the physical space where they could be feet apart rather than inches apart.
0: <laughs> right. So they can see each other through a barrier, but there's some distance to be able to help them out to not be right on top of each other. That sounds great. So I would either use a baby gate or an X-pen to have that physical barrier. You can also have Jem on leash for like basically like a seatbelt, but I wouldn't be holding onto it. I want him to be able to move behind that physical barrier as freely as possible so he can make appropriate choices that we can then reinforce rather than holding on to him being like <laughs> don't go there cuz you have that physical barrier there to to work on to help him with that. if he loses his brain and does a cat anywhere <laughs> so i usually recommend starting with their meal times if they are relatively food motivated and it sounds like Jem is cuz he didn't even right. notice that the cat showed up when he was eating then You have a good place to start where the first setup that I would probably do is to have Bart up on his tree with his food. And then Jem would come in and you would set up a few different stations Mm -hmm. for him with his food. So one would be kind of close-ish to the barrier and the others would be far ish away so that would be three or more like mini stations so you would divide up his food let's say he gets a cup in the evening there would be a quarter of a cup in each different type of station and the goal here is that if he does go to the station that's closest to the gate the next one is going to take him away so that (laughs) he's learning the appropriate behaviors just like you're not having to do anything Mm -hmm kind of does it on its own and then when he's done you say good boy and then toss him some cookies away and then the setup is over and Bart either goes somewhere else or Jem goes somewhere else so does that sound like something that is feasible? yeah
2: yeah and I think um what then my husband and I just have to do we kind of work different schedules so I think you know as we're mm. trying these setups we'd probably both want to be around just for my own well-being <laughs>
0: Yeah. The reason that I've created the the setups in the way that I have is because right. I can do them with just one person, right? Like one animal is always like just doing some kind of enrichment. So you set that animal up and then if you're working on like actively reinforcing the other one, you can focus on them. It's always easier with multiple humans, especially if you want the other human to be on the same page as you <laughs> to be observing the same body language that you are and kind of adjusting from there so I do recommend also videotaping each setup so that you can like look back at it together and see, okay, like he was staring too much in this one, like we need to move him back or like Bart was not having it. He (laughs) was very restless. So we need to adjust something for the next one. Stuff like that. Yeah. And the goal really is having them be able to do these activities maybe glancing up at each other, they know the other one is there. (laughs) They don't have to be staring. And in fact, if they are staring, that's indicates that the setup is too difficult and they need more practice. So the goal is really quick glances and, but it just being like super easy and it just looks like kind of nothing is happening. Like that's, that's your goal. (laughs) And I usually recommend that if everything goes perfectly starting from setup one, it's ideal. You would at least do that same setup three times with the picture mm. looking slightly different, right? So, like, you're not going to set up the stations right. for Jem in exactly the same spots. You might put Bart's food like on a different level of the cat tree, or like maybe he's on a side table instead of the cat tree, or whatever, right? It's the same. Like he's elevated and relatively stationary. Jem is moving around, but it's you're not doing the exact same thing every time you want to make sure that when there are small differences between them you're still getting the same types of easy behavior look looking away nothing is super stressful yes does that make sense
2: and i have no hope that the first setup is gonna go smoothly
0: i always like to just say you know just in case Right. We don't want anyone to say, oh, that whatever that last setup was, even if you've done like five and they've all gone terribly. And then that last one was really good. You're not done. You need like three good setups (laughs) before you can move on. um, Just to make sure that generalizability is there. You can always get one positive in a C full of negatives. (laughs) So those are kind of the two main action items for you. One is adjusting the management and because they are currently absolutely apart, you're going to maintain them absolutely apart until you get all of these setups kind of down and you are noticing that everyone's like, I know the drill, no big deal. <laughs> and then, you know, if we were to continue past right now to do private coaching, there would be a six, like a succession of different types of setups to do before we then say, great, you graduated, you can actually now have them spend more supervised time together. Not just in this Mm -hmm. like heavily orchestrated way, but you need to have this foundation of these like successful casual setups in order to be able to do that. So that's always the first place to start. And it's also the easiest, (laughs) which is always a good place to get some confidence in what you're doing. So do you have any questions, concerns? Are you excited? Are you like, oh, God, this is going to be horrible?
2: No, I I think I'm more excited than not and yeah i just kind of feel like we've been making it up trying to figure out what might work so it feels yeah to have a more structured plan feels like it will be helpful
0: yeah i think well i mean that's one of the reasons that i love doing this and like specializing in dog cat stuff is because there really isn't a lot of good like comprehensive information out there (laughs) that's that's why i'm here so i'm happy that you came on the podcast today
1: Thanks so much for listening. If this episode gave you some ideas of things to do with your own cat and dog, please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And tell your friends and family and that random dude at the grocery store (laughs) about the show, because I want every cat and dog person in the world to know about this podcast, because that's a super reasonable goal, right? Anyway, I will be live on Instagram this Thursday at noon Eastern, to answer your questions about the episode and to dive a little deeper into ways to interrupt your dog if they're chasing the cat. Make sure to follow me at Praiseworthy Pets on Instagram and check out my stories for a link to that live so you will get a reminder that it's happening. And if you want to be awesome like Melissa and do a dog and cat chat with me on the podcast, go to praiseworthypets.com chat to get on my schedule. I can't wait to talk with you. And that's all for this episode, you wonderful cat and dog people. I will see you next week for more It's Training Cats and Dogs.